And I'm going to ask Hannah to come and read, do the scripture reading for us today. There you go. Well, you, it's our, our fine new tradition since last year to stand up during the um, teaching passage of, uh, of the day. So please stand with us as we read uh, scripture. Please go ahead. We'll be reading from Colossians 1, 28 to 29. Him we proclaim, oh. <laughs> him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. And verse from Colossians 2, verse 6 to 7. Therefore, as you receive Christ the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abound, abounding in thanksgiving. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. All right, you may be seated. All right. So Paul's goal with his whole ministry is to present everyone mature in Christ. What does that mean? What does it mean in Christ? He says everything that he works for, his whole ministry, and in this passage he actually mentions some of his suffering that he's going through. He says it's all to present people mature in Christ. And in the last two verses that we read, verse 6 and 7 from chapter 2, it says walk in him, and being rooted and built up in him. What does that mean, to be in Christ? So I looked up a little bit the, the, the grammar around the word in. And, and the word in can actually be used as a preposition and an adverb and a, um, as a noun even, as an um, adjective. But here it's used, of course, as a, as a preposition. But as a preposition, it can also be used in four different ways. For example... It can be used to indicate location or position, like we are now in Groningen. Um, it can also be used to indicate means or medium, function. Uh, so this Bible is bound in leather, uh, and the words are in English. Um, it can also be used to indicate limitation, qualification, circumstance. So, for example, this morning I left in a hurry. Uh, it can also be used to indicate purpose. Uh, I said this and this in reply. So the word in, when used as a preposition only, can indicate position, function, qualification, or purpose. My question is, when we, ta- when we say in Christ, which one is it? Are we talking about position or function, qualification, or purpose? And the answer to that question is, yes. <laughs> All of the above. (laughs) See, when the New Testament talks about being in Christ or maturing in Christ, growing in Christ, it's talking about this whole new reality that we've been brought into. It doesn't just say something about us, it says everything about us. We have a new identity. 
So we have a new position. So being in Christ means that we've been transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And, and, and later on in Colossians, we'd say we are hidden with Christ in God. So we have this new position. We also have a new function. Now, now that we're in Christ, we have a new, new function. We are no longer instruments of unrighteousness, but instruments of righteousness. No longer slaves to sin, but slaves to God. We, don't, uh, we no longer bear the image of sin. We bear the image of God again. We also have new qualification. Because we're in Christ, we have completely new qualifications. We talked about this uh, just two weeks ago. We're qualified by grace. So boldly we can enter the throne room of grace because we are qualified by grace. Not because what we've done, but because of who he is. And so we can, we can be confident to live out his purposes. And that's the last one. In Christ, we have a new purpose. We have a clear purpose in this world. We're, we're called, we're sent out, we're chosen by God to represent him in this world. So when the New Testament talks about being in Christ or growing in Christ, becoming completely mature in Christ, walking in him, being rooted and built up in him, it's talking about that new reality that is ours after grace. We just celebrated it through communion. With a new position, a new function, a new purpose, new qualifications. Being in Christ is our new identity. And we're learning to live out that identity. And that process is called discipleship. And this is those last two verses that we just read. Verse 6 and 7. I'm going to read them again. They're, they're really the heart of the letter. So in the letter... Um, Paul wants to help the Colossians to, to continue to grow in Christ, to, to, to become fully mature. And he's giving them, them all kinds of instructions about that and really how Christ should be at the center of everything. And, and in, the, in the next two Sundays, we're going to look at some of the challenges that the Colossians faced as well. And, and these two verses are really sort of the, the, the heart of the letter, the, 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 also the transition uh, into uh, you know, the solutions for the questions and the problems that they faced. And so it says, Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. What's funny about this, it, it all starts with the walk, Right? Walk in him. So it's, it's, this, it's this ongoing journey. It's not a, not a destination. It's, it's an ongoing journey of discipleship. But then what I see in, in, in the words that he use, uses here is it's, it's a bit of a building project almost. He says, get rooted, build up, established, and abounding. And I see there is a bit of a, a progression, right? When you build a house, you first have to lay a foundation, right? You first have to lay a foundation. So uh, like a tree, get, get rooted. So I want to show you two pictures. One is of a tree that, that like this. There's almost more tree under the ground than above the ground. So this is what it means to be, be rooted. And with a building, it's, it's, a, it's a bit the same. So you have this, this apartment building, and there's all these, oh, what are they called? Um, <laughs> The pillars to go down, yeah. So they're drilled deep down into the ground to secure the building. So all we see is the top, but there's actually, a, when you build 
something like this, you first have to build down before you can build up. And that's something that Paul is wanting to get into our heads as well. Before you build up, before you start to you know, build up and, and establish and abound, you first have to build down. You, you have to shoot roots. You have to drill down, get the work done there. Before, otherwise, it won't hold. Yeah, so it's first laid out foundation. First get rooted. And then build up. You can start building the house. And then the house can become established. You, you, like first you put in the framework, but then you establish the whole house. And then lastly, you can start with your painting and your decorating and your, you know, putting all the um, furniture in and stuff like that. In this way, our walk with Jesus also grows from something that starts, you begin walking with him, but then you get rooted in him, right? You get rooted in him, you shoot down roots. And after that, you, you're, you're building up and it becomes something more. And at some point, you get to bear fruit. It's a, it's a picture of a certain progression, but there's a limitation to that metaphor. And that's that in everyday reality, all of these things kind of happen at the same time. So they kind of happen simultaneously, but they tell us that there's a certain order to what comes first. You first begin to walk with Jesus. Sometimes even before you become a Christian, you start to walk with Jesus. You start to explore, you think, you build relationship. And then... You shoot down roots, and then you begin to build up, and then it becomes established. And I think that in this year, in Vineyard Groningen, what we're called to focus on is on two things, is to continue to lay that foundation and to begin to build up. Now, not exclusively, so every one of you here will have a different stage in your journey, but I think as a, as a church together, Something that we're going to be focusing on in this coming year is to continue to shoot down roots, build that foundation, and to, and to build up. In the corona season, which thankfully feels like ages ago, but still, it wasn't too long ago, was it? Um, something that I've uh, discerned to get, together with others, like through my reading and prayer and talking with others, and, and it was this whole process of years, really discovered that our main focus in this time, through this time, and, and, and after, after that COVID season, should be everyday discipleship. That that's supposed to be our, our focus. We need to focus here on discipleship, helping people to do, well, exactly what Paul is saying here, walking with Jesus, shooting down roots, and building them on that foundation, everyday life with Jesus. And see, our, our church is called the Vineyard. It's got this picture that, um, it's, it's drawn from this picture that Jesus paints in uh, John 15, where he actually uses kind of the same progression, the same idea. He expresses it in this way. It says in John 15, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I've, uh, the word that I've spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. 
I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he is it that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. He paints this picture of a, a vineyard, where, where he is, the, or, or vine branch actually, where he, he is the vine, he is the, right, it, it, it's all about him, but every, and he calls us the branches that are connected to the vine, and then grow and begin to bear fruit. It's the same progression, you first have to be connected to the vine, that's where your life comes from, that's where your life juices come from, and if you're not connected, then you die. So it's that say it's that foundation, shooting down roots, building a foundation. And then from there comes the growth, and from there comes the bearing fruit. Now I, uh, in the summer, we were in Italy, and for a bit more than a week we were somewhere right in the middle of uh, Italian wine fields. Uh, so we're, we're kind of in the middle of a, of, a, of a vineyard. So I had all the time in the world to look at the vineyard. So I thought I was going to get away from the vineyard, and yet there I was, right in the middle of the vineyard. And um, but when you look at a, a, a vineyard, when you look at uh, how, how that grows, um, you see that all the branches are held up by a trellis, which is kind of a, it's just a very simple structure, uh, usually with wood that's, that's crossed like this, and then wires. And the, and the branches are kind of hanging on the, the trellis, hanging on the, on the wires. They're held up in that way. See, the, um, the growth and the life comes from the vine. But I think our lives also need something to make sure that the growth continues and that we can bear fruit. And in this last year, we've been talking about what what could be a trellis for our life? Something that makes sure that the growth can continue and that the fruit will be available for everyone. So in the same way a vine branch needs a trellis to continue to grow, our lives as disciples of Jesus need certain habits, certain structures, certain priorities in order to facilitate the growth. They don't give the growth, Jesus gives the growth, he is the vine. But that structure may really help to support that growth and to make sure that it can continue. Now, in the Benedictine tradition, so the monastic tradition really goes back to the 6th century, they speak of a rule of life. And a rule of life, it's not a list of rules in a legalistic sense, but more a framework or structure for life aim to keep Jesus at the center of everything that you do. Actually, the word rule there is, uh, comes from the Latin word regula, which is um, connects to the Greek word for a trellis. So it has that same idea. In the last two years, we've been talking about what a structure like that could look like for our everyday lives with Jesus. And so over a period of three to four years, we started with this really last year in the, in the fall um, already. We started to talk about nine different practices that kind of together form a rule of life, form sort of a trellis for us as the branches to help to ensure that that growth can continue and that, that, uh, that we can bear fruit. So this is a quick picture of an ugly trellis. You have to imagine the, the vines because I couldn't find good PNGs to put in there. But it's supposed to, this is supposed to be like a fence and then there's branches. I'm gonna ask someone to design it nicely for me at some point. Um, 
And so <laughs> we say, okay, so this is the discipleship trellis. This is the framework for discipleship that we're working with. Um, and it's focused on three things, which, which forms the basis of discipleship. is being with Jesus, becoming like Jesus, and doing what Jesus did. And then each has three practices or spiritual disciplines or just um, habits that we take from the life of Jesus and that have played a big role in spiritual growth throughout church history. These nine practices um, kind of form the rest of the trellis. So with being with Jesus, uh, we do it through Sabbathing, we do it through prayer, through scripture. Becoming like Jesus, we do that through times of solitude, through simplicity, through fasting. So they kind of, they're not exclusive, don't exclusively belong to one category, but you have to kind of go with me on this picture. And then doing what Jesus did, generosity, hospitality, and community. Um, I didn't make this up. This is actually put together by an organization that's called Practicing the Way that we've been working with. And for those of you who are new in the church, uh, our discipleship groups have already talked through, uh, I'll wait on with that, uh, have actually already worked through Sabbath, <laughs> it's okay, Sabbath and prayer, and um, now in October, we're going to do, we're going to focus on fasting together, and so through a period of three to four years, depending on how fast Practicing Way is bringing out their, um, their materials, we're going to talk through all these nine practices to build a structure uh, for our lives as disciples uh, of Jesus. If you feel like um, you're kind of starting halfway, I'm, I'm trying to bring you up to speed if you're kind of new, but invite you along for this journey. Uh, you can go to the website of practicingtheway.org and see all the information on Sabbath and prayer and watch all the videos. You can also read the book, um, a Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, which will kind of get you up to speed to where we are. Um, but this is, this is kind of an overall picture of, of what we're doing and the journey that we're going to continue now in October. <clears throat> My hope is that the nine practices that we discuss will become core habits in your life, building blocks for your life as a disciple of Jesus, so that you can continue to grow in Christ-likeness and bear fruit for the kingdom of God. So they form a framework that guides your growth and kind of holds up the fruit. Um, we're going to tell you more about this in, uh, in October before we start with the fasting. Continue to refer back to this. Uh, but I wanted to get you up to speed. Uh, and I want to encourage you, now that's a good moment for that slide, is to sign up for a discipleship group. So many of us are already part of a group, which is fantastic. These are our midweek Bible study group. They happen on like Tuesdays or Wednesdays or Thursdays or Friday, like whenever they, they are meeting. Um, via this very long link, uh, <laughs> just go to our website and find groups on the Connect. Uh, you can find a form and there sign up with your preferences for a group, like on what days are you available, what are you looking for, etc. And then our discipleship group hero, Frank, who's not here with us today, but he'll say something next week, will help you to connect to, to a group. And our goal is to really everyone that's in our church, uh, that's here regularly on a Sunday, we want to connect all of you to a group because we see that this is where discipleship happens. So we do fine talks on Sunday, and that's good. Um, 
but that doesn't produce the fruit uh, always uh, that that the Lord has for you. And I really think you need you need to discuss these things together with others to really begin to live it out. And so, uh, discipleship groups are really at the heart of uh, of our church. I want to encourage you with this. All right, I'm going to work towards a close. And that's to say that when we endeavor to grow in Christ, to grow in Christ's likeness, to grow in discipleship, come down to the same thing. The biggest danger for us, see, when I talk about these things, some people think, oh, this sounds a lot like legalism because there's a lot of things that you have to do in order to grow. And like, oh, I came from a background like that where, you know, you had to do this and you had to do that and you had to do Oh, can we just enjoy a bit of freedom here and grace? Like, yes. But also... We do live in the 21st century, where the biggest threat to your discipleship to Jesus is not legalism, but, hey, you're free to do whatever you want, so figure it out. Like this sort of laissez-faire, like it will all happen. So we, have, we have such an overload of freedom, we actually need a little bit more structure and discipline in order to grow. So that while we understand that when you want to be ripped and, you know, have big muscles that you need to dedicate your life and go to the gym every day and eat in a certain way. Like, we understand all those things that, that you need dedication in order to excel at something. And we say, like, the same counts for your discipleship to Jesus. And so we're not actually battling. Most of us here are not really, the, the biggest threat is not so much legalism, but it's really a lack of, of discipline that's going to keep us from everything that God has for us. So we want to kind of help you with that. But we need to understand that when we do this, we're not presenting a, a program for a happy life, like nine steps to experience the best life ever, or uh, it's, it's not a program for self-improvement. Peace in God Growth in the Lord, you know, like certain happiness, and, and just, these are all byproducts of spiritual formation, but they're not the goal of spiritual formation. Um, a writer, Robert Mulholland, in his book called The Invitation to a Journey, defines spiritual formation as a process of being conformed to the image of Christ for the sake of others. So that really continues the image of the vine and the branches that are bearing fruit. See, the, the, the fruit of discipleship is not that you are happy. That's great. That's a, a fine byproduct. Actually, actually, that's more part of the growth, but the fruit is for others. The fruit is so that others can see Jesus in you. The fruit is that you can be a blessing to other people. It's spiritual formation is being conformed into the image of Christ for the sake of others. The fruit of the branch, which is the goal of the branch, and the reason why it should stay connected to the vine is so that others can enjoy the fruit. The main beneficiaries of your relation, uh, flourishing relationship with Jesus is other people, is the people around you, is your roommates, is your family members, is your colleagues, is your, like whoever you spend your life with, they're going to bear the fruit. So this is why we're called the vineyard. And this is, in this sermon series, why we're talking about being a gospel community. Because we want to be a vineyard of beautiful branches that are maturing in Christ, 
bearing fruit for everyone to enjoy. And so we want to be a community like that in the city, a vineyard right in the middle of the city with fruit for everyone to enjoy. Amen. Let's get back into our time of worship. I want to ask you to, to stand up with me as I close this message in prayer. And then really invite you to be prayed for as well. So we have our um, prayer team available again, our ministry prayer team. If there's anything today that we can pray for, anything that's going on in your life that is, that is heavy and difficult, when you since complete lack of peace or when you need to discern something, maybe you're sick in some way, like if there's a big prayer need, whatever it is, we'd love to spend some time in prayer for you. And so we have a prayer team available that's going to be on the sides there, which we thought is the best uh, location because it's away from everyone. But now that the site is filling up, that's not really <laughs> the case anymore. We're trying to do this in some, some sense of privacy. Anyway, find people from the prayer team. We'd love to pray uh, more directly for you and bless you. Lord, we thank you for your word and your invitation to this journey to walk with you and to get rooted in you and build up established and abounding let our life be like that branch connected to the vine and bearing fruit for the sake of others Lord we want to be a community like that a beautiful vineyard in the middle of the city with fruit for everyone to enjoy. The new wine of the kingdom. Help us to be that gospel community. Help us in this year to again take steps to grow and mature in you. Because if there's one thing I'm learning through the years is that, that you're never done. <laughs> there's always a step. There's always something. Because you say if, 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 if the branch is connected to the vine then the, um, the farmer comes and prunes those branches. And so you need to, we need to be pruned in order to grow and bear fruit. But we invite you to do that, Lord. Help us to develop habits in our lives that help us to grow in you, that facilitate that growth. grows as a church in discipleship, in radical discipleship after Jesus, so that we can be a flourishing community in the middle of the city with fruit for everyone to enjoy. Amen.